Welcome to the deep dive in a very special episode, a bit of a, a mixed bag kind of episode. Um, if I look like I'm... Lazy. If I look like I'm... Mean, Type scenario. We're going to talk about weird and wonderful things. <laughs> Last affair. I, uh, if I look like I've been crying, it's because I've been laughing because we um, we said that review wouldn't go for that long and we were like, nah, it won't be that long of an episode. There were some terrible games and we managed to go for two hours <laughs> again. So it, if there's anything we're capable of doing is, is talking and talking and, and talking a little bit more. Um, we managed to find that two hours of conversation about that awful round. So that's pretty about impressive. Look, there it wasn't very good. It was a bit of a you know smashed halt to the end of the season. But um, it was a fun. It was a really fun conversation. I enjoyed it. But so please check out the review episode. Um, this kind of acts as like the preview in a way. Obviously, we're you know we're not going to preview the finals yet because we don't know the teams. We've only just recently found out you know where they're going to be played and all that sort of stuff. And we knew most of them, but you know more information will come to light, and you know there'll be injuries and other things we don't know about right now as well. Yeah. And so we'll do that next week. Um, but massive thanks to, to our sponsors at Hops to Home. Hops to Home is a craft beer delivery service. Please check it out at hopstohome.com.au. Um, they are a craft beer delivery service. You get packs of ten or twenty delivered fresh to your door around Australia. Uh, Melbourne-based business, they source craft beer from across Australia, buy cans and uh, deliver them out too. It's a great way to try fresh new craft beer because they coordinate the buys with breweries. Um, obviously, it's not like wineries where you, you know you, <laughs> there's the vintage and that's it. They can keep making more beer. So they time the the uh, brews and then get more out. So it's, um, yeah, very switched on, uh, very switched on operators at hopstone.com.au. And please also check out the Beyond the Game TV content as well. Uh, our partner, Old Mate Ed at Beyond the Game TV. Hopefully his head's uh, recovered from hitting the table. But um, massive, <laughs> massive thanks to Ed. I don't know why that's so funny. It'll, it'll be funny forever. Um, for our regular listeners, that, that there is a reason that, well, they know it's funny. For our non-regular listeners, that, that was a very terrible, stupid joke. Um, so this episode is going to be more about the award season because obviously the games have been going, you know, at constant pace <clears throat> and normally we would have had time to have a bit of a chat about the award season where we think people are at with the brand. Like, like in a normal season, we actually do like mid-season reviews and mid-season chats and stuff and catch-up chats around that sort of stuff. But there's no, there was no time to do any of that. And we haven't even considered all Australian. And, and because we keep going for two hours, the last um, Michael actually drew up a, a, an all-Australian preview, which we meant to do like three weeks ago. So that's that complete, and now it's now the squad's out. But we're gonna have a bit of a chat about that, and then we're also gonna give our tips for the award season and you know who wins the Brownlow, Rising Star, all, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then yeah, because the, pretty much so we can in some respects do that, and then next week, um, you know, we'll, we'll get straight into um, the finals and make the, all the conversation around that. So. What do you reckon, mate? Do you want to do? Do you want to go over your your all Australian team? Um, and please, any listeners, any questions you've got for old mate Mick? This has been more of his project, but um, yeah, tell tell us what do you think in terms of the all Australian for twenty twenty? Yeah, so because we didn't get to that conversation a few weeks ago, I'll just uh, let the listeners know the team I thought yeah. uh, would make 
All Australian, uh, and yeah, it was about three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago. Yeah. So in the back line, I had uh, Stuart from Geelong, Weegering from Carlton, Cox from Frio, half back line, Ridley from Essendon, Andrew from Lions, and Lloyd from Swans. Centre line was uh, Jack Steele from St Kilda Dangerfield. In the middle, uh, he also was my vice captain, um, and his teammate. Uh, Duncan on the other wing. Half forward line was uh, Dusty, uh, Dixon and Petrarca. Forward line was Mitch Wallace from the Dogs, Hawkins and Butler. Rucks, Nat Nui, Boak, who I had as captain, and Neil. And interchange was the Bont, Haynes from the Giants, Greenwood from the Suns and McGrath from the Dons. Now, since the squad has been announced uh, earlier today. Obviously, a couple of those, well, a few of those players weren't even in the squad. So my change now, and this is my pick for the All-Australian side. Yeah. So I've got Luke Ryan from Fremantle. Uh, I still think Jacob Weedering at fullback. Uh, Dylan Grimes from Richmond in the other pocket. Halfback line is uh, Ridley from Essendon, Andrews from the Lions, and I've got uh, Daniels from the Doggies. Yeah. Centre line, I basically swap Duncan out for Managola, uh, so that remains the same. Half forward line remains the same, Martin <coughs> Dixon, Petrarca. Forward line, Papley, Hawkins, Butler, Nat Nui, Boak, Neil, again, as the followers, and on the interchange, Bont Haynes, Guthrie, and Taylor Adams from Collingwood. So that is my wrap. We'll I put, think this we'll is one of the... put that up on social media as well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll flick that through. Um, I think the squad of 40 was pretty spot on. Um, obviously, there's a handful of unlucky people. I think the media have just ran with the status quo with, oh, there's a handful of really unlucky players that probably should have been in the squad. I was like, who? Who? I, I think Duncan was pretty unlucky. Um, yeah, maybe Goldstein. That's about it. Well, can I ask you, just because just you, you you did go through that a little quick, but just on on your first team before it was announced that you did a few yep. weeks back, in comparison, what what were the like major elements that you were just super surprised when in the squad? Is, is Duncan your main one? It sounds like that's a, a big part yeah, of it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, you and I... Uh, statisticians that we don't, as we said, kind of science. This is not a job for us, so I didn't go into <laughs> the stats of each player. I no, just no. sort of based on who I who I'd seen a lot of uh, throughout the year, names that are um, constantly talked about having good games. Um, Duncan for me is the biggest omission from the squad in total, but where the teams were told that all whoever votes in the squad they had to cap representatives from clubs because of the season. I don't, I don't know. I, I think Mitch Duncan's had an outstanding season and he's worthy of a, at least an All-Australian squad nomination. But some of the others, uh, like Cox and Stewart in the back line, I'm not surprised that they didn't make it. I just thought they were having really good seasons. The same, Mitch Wallace in the forward pocket. I just happened to probably see a lot more dogs games this year and he's been pretty handy for them. Mm. And but then, otherwise, I'm not. I'm not overly fast about the rest. You were. You went too fast. Okay. So we had Adelaide, Gold Coast, 
and North with no players. You didn't think Goldstein could have been a bit of a, a player in there? Instead of, in, I would have probably had him ahead of Gorn, I'll be honest. Yeah. Toss of the coin, I don't think either of them had an All-Australian season, to be quite honest. I don't think, neither, I think either of them, I think Gorn's lucky to have even got a nomination. It is funny with the All-Australian. I saw this conversation just being had between a couple of people that, um, that I follow on and follow us on Twitter. Um, just around, like, it's funny how they kind of, like, because they're not, there's no rules against how many players they can have from different lines because they're not technically picking a team, so to speak. Like, it, there's never been, like, a definition in some respects of, like, you know, yeah, oh, they can only... It changed in 2007 or 2000. Is there a, is that is that for sure? They that used is... to have to pick. They used to have to pick by position, yeah. right? Yeah, for the fly, but now it's now it's just, just the a best bit, player. Yeah, which which it's not meant because they always say that like oh, it's not meant to be designed to be a team that could actually get out and play and win games. It's no. just but then every now and then it's all, all the criticisms always around like. Why is this not happening? And it's like, well, because it's not meant to be. It's not meant to be like a, you know, a team that can actually get out there and win games. That's never been, well, it hasn't been for a long time. It's thing, but anyway, um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I really like your your first one. I, I, the only one I think is yeah, gone out. Probably Goldstein in. Um, were you tempted to pick like Sarong and some of these kind of guys, like some of the. Younger talent, not not yet. Like he's been amazing, but probably not yet. Ridley, do you think no, Ridley's do you think Ridley's a little lucky to get in? He's been very good, but do you think he's a little lucky to get in? Not for the squad. I, I mean, I've picked him as my heart back. Yeah, in my team, I'll be I'll, I'll be honest. I'd be quite objective. I think he'd be very lucky to make the All Australian team. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think he's been a shining light for Essendon. Yeah, yeah uh, he's just grown and grown and grown through the year. So, yeah, I think McGrath is unlucky not to have made the squad. I see. I thought so McGrath would win their best and fairest. I was shocked that I'll be honest. Like I, I think Jordan Ridley's been really good. We've not really discussed him at all this year, but that's because the Essendon games have been like really yeah. a lot of the times for you know <laughs> large sections of the year not particularly interesting to talk about, um, and. You know, it's not his fault, but it's probably he's probably been at the bottom of the pile of stuff that we've had to discuss. But yeah, yeah, but, but I mean, yeah. I think McGrath's the other player that's pretty un- very unlikely not to be in the squad. He did get injured in the end, but I, I I did feel that he would win their best and fairest. So that that did seem a bit, yeah. or at least poll a bit higher. <laughs> I, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. um, okay, no, I, I, it's it's really good. It'll be really interesting to see. We'll we'll get you to have a look at the final squad at the end. Because um, I think each year you do do a good um, analysis of the the All Australian, and it's our it's our stuff up. This is why it's good having Ed around because he remembers this stuff. Because I tell him ahead of time what we want to talk about, and then he 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 says, "Hey, you've been talking for six hours. You forgot forgot to mention X, Y, and Z." Um, so it is very good having a producer, uh, old man on hand to remind us. Because yeah, we would have done that a month ago, which then would make you look. Yeah. Um, would look you would look good because a lot of I think your side's quite good and pretty close anyway. Um, yeah, so that that's the all Australian. I I would agree. I haven't had time to sit down and do an analysis, but yeah, that's um that's probably about yours is pretty close to what I would have done. Um, yeah, I can't. I mean Adelaide, no Brisbane. There's not really anyone else that you could have 
popped in there. You've got to have Andrews, obviously. I think what you've selected Andrews is... Andrews is a nil. Uh, you've uh, got to have those two. Like, yeah. Yeah, McCluggage is in the squad. He he might get... Again, and I, and I did toss up between him and Taylor Adams on the bench. I think McCluggage has been, been very good all year. I just Adams has been Adams. so good. Oh, 100%. Yeah, he's stood up. He's, he's had to stand up. In, in light of no Pendlebury and side bottom, and he's yeah. he's he's been good. So I had, to, I had to find a spot for him. We should pick at the end of the year a Nahas team. So like the the honourable Nahas team. So it's like Casbolt, full forward, um, Castagna, Frawley. small Frawley. fullback, Frawley fullback. It's all these <laughs> stragglers <laughs> just trying to get. <laughs> McGovern would have so to be hard, McGovern on the bench. Um, yeah, yeah, but no, that would be a fun game. But no, no. So um, no, that that's I, that's good. I think yeah. When when you go through the teams, I can't think of anyone like really obvious that you would need to put in there because you had Boke in there, didn't you? I think you definitely mentioned Boke. Yeah, he's my captain. Yeah, Cap Boke's the captain. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I mean, I think Dangerfield will get his eighth um, blazer and get the captain this year. But I just think Boke has been a captain and he's been solid all year for Port Adelaide. He deserves it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you had Mumford as well, of course, didn't you? Uh, he was very unlucky. Very, very unlucky. I, I had him ahead of Goldstein, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> Did you? The sausage. Yeah, I just had to have, just had to have Nat New in there. He just uh, like, he does some crazy things out in the field. He's a little bit better, yeah. I mean, Mummy does some crazy things, but they usually go against him and his team. Now, nah, no, he does crazy things that are good for his team. <laughs> yeah, like playing well on the field. Um, so that, yeah. that's the All Australian. What, what other awards should we discuss? I mean, I think like it's almost no point. Yeah, we didn't, I mean, what do you reckon? Yeah, we didn't get a chance to discuss the Coleman, but that's already done. So yeah. uh, Hawkins got that. So I guess the, the main one or main two from here or three. Um, if you include the MVP, but that probably ties in pretty much with the Brownlow. And then you've got the No Rising Star as your two big ones now. I think Sarong, I think Sarong will definitely win the Rising Star. Um, I think he's been electric. They won enough games. Obviously, had Rao kept playing, he probably would have won it, but... That's you know he was way 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 way. It was ludicrous when people said he gets, got when he got injured. They were like, "Do you reckon he can still win?" It was like, "You guys stone like there's going to be somebody else that'll that'll come." You realize how many games left there are? Like it was ages ago that he got injured. So yes, and that actually is part of the voting for the rising star. Yeah. Actually, got to play a number of games. Mm. Going to be be considered. Yeah. So, so yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think it's a two-horse race now, um, and Sarong's back half of the season was a better body of work than Noah Anderson. Noah Anderson was very good right up until probably five weeks ago. Yeah, and he just Even started to weeks. taper off like his team. He fell away like the team. So yeah, a hundred percent. I think Sarong's going to lock it in. Yeah. I think we'll go. Well, who's your MVP? Lucky Neil. He'll, he'll sew that up. He wins easily. the MVP. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't think. Anyone's near Neil in, in the race for the MVP. I think the Brownlow's going to be closer than a lot of people think because it usually is. I think Boak will win the Brownlow just. Yeah, see, I've got Boak and Steele, 
being very close, Jack Steele from St Kilda being very close yeah. to Neil. We flagged this um, a month and a half ago that Steele's going to go deep, like way deeper than people think. Because there will be points taken away. Everyone always thinks about, I love Neil, don't get me wrong, but there will be points taken away from Neil because his team's of, been really good. So Yeah, he's got a lot of support um, around him that will, will take uh, take votes off him. Whereas yeah. It, for, a lot, first, for the first half of the season, like Steele was a major standout for St. Kilda. Like he was the difference between yeah. winning and losing. He could win and, the Brownlow, absolutely. He, he, he absolutely could. The problem is, it's all down to you know, it's 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 a it's a guessing game because the you know the umpires are voting. It's not ne- it's not necessarily the absolute best player, but I I think yeah, I think yeah. A, I think Boke's been outstanding. They've won so many games. Um, yeah, and I, he hasn't played a bad game. He hasn't played a bad game, so he's going to get a lot of twos a lot of the time. Even if he doesn't get the threes, he gets a shitload of ones as well. It might not be enough. Yeah. He might not have had like the amount of blowout. You know, three point type type of games. <coughs> excuse me, that Neil will get, but at the same time, he's still going to get a, a lot. Um, yeah, I, so I, I reckon both. And that's probably the only thing that had been a normal um, twenty two round um, yeah. season. It probably would have been better for both to have that super consistent one, where lots of ones and twos, uh, yeah. which I guess is probably why a lot of play uh, a lot of people are going on. Um, Neil winning it in a canter because he has had a lot of standout games. So, but we'll wait and see. It's always an interesting um, season when you got a super short price favourite, um, and then a, a little group right behind him. Yeah, Danger. I think will go deeper. Um, I think he will go deeper than people think. Yep. But he won't. He won't win it. There'll, there'll be a few of those. I Hey, I can see him being top five. Yeah, I think he might finish fifth. I, there'll be, there'll be, you know, even Dusty, like because of who he is and the attention that he attracts. It's the brand, like, like it's a totally different thing. People never factor that in. Like it's so much of it's about how they look as well, and you know, you yeah, know, so are. respected by the umpires. Exactly who they are. Totally. Like there's, there's absolutely the umpires give extra. Um, you know, credit to those players that are, you know, these part like not past champions because they're not over the hill yet. But you know what I mean. But like, you know, have the have the runs on the board. Um, yeah, Nat Fife, for example, I don't think he had. I mean, he had a very good year. Or had a good, good year. year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I reckon he'll have a, a very good voting year. He probably will. Yeah, that's the funny thing. Like, he'll. I still reckon he would get eighteen. Votes, 16, yeah. 17. Like, obviously, you've got to factor in that this year there's going to be a lot less votes because we played less games. You know, no one's going to get 30, 35 votes this year. It'd be impossible. No. But, it, well, you physically would be basically, well, what would what was the maximum you could get? If you had, what do we had? 17 games, 17 by three. Well, if you got three votes for every single game, you play every game, you got 51 points, which obviously you're not, you know, it's not going to happen. But, um, now you would say you would say twenty three to twenty five, yeah, would be a huge, huge tally. We could also have like the, the AFL as well. Um, there was a bit of rumours going around that the AFL had only made because it's 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 rumoured that they know this year. I I think they know every year, but that that's forget that. It's rumoured that the AFL had only made two Brownlows, where they normally would make five or six, just in case you never know it all gets close, but. Well, that was kind of like put put away pretty quick. But who, who, look, who knows? But I think it'd be interesting. Like you might have a boke. 
nil tie. That could happen as well. Less less games for it to split away. It's you never know. Who knows? So that's a bit of a look at that. Yes. Any other kind of like award chatter that we want to talk about? I don't think there are any. What are there any other major awards that? Well, that's the thing because normally you and I would track the Coleman, but obviously we didn't do that at all this year. Um, and no, and it was pretty no, obvious. And the early he would win and all those all those types of things usually do that um, in the mid-season break mm. uh, rounds. So we usually put aside time for that in the so bye. Yeah, well, that's that's, yeah. that's about that's about it. Yeah, so I guess. We can move into our uh, other other favourite topic of um, the AFL season, which is NBA finals. So it just it just shows like how long we talked that for a month we kept saying we would do it, and every time we'd forget because it was too late and you know too much wine, and we'd forget. We get to the end and then have completely forgotten. But like so much has changed in the in the finals since what we could have talked about three or four weeks ago, but. Let's so obviously for AFL fans, another big um, passion of ours is the NBA. Um, it's been a pretty interesting finals. They've had a situation where, if you're not following it, they've had a situation where um, obviously COVID's massively affected the state, so they're in a bubble um, as well, and they're all locked in there. So all the all the you know on the road stuff is completely gone because all the teams are in the one in the one situation um, together. Well, where do we want to start? Do we want to? Do you want to talk about some of the series that have that have ended? Like, because there's there's so much to talk about. But I guess just just where we're at now. Yeah. Look, uh, I'm just a brief. I guess quick overview. It, it's hilarious. Where not hilarious. I, I don't think anyone in in the NBA world saw the East Conference and West Conference Finals being the teams that are there. I think one out of four. Being the Lakers, uh, people would have had on their um, list of being here at the end of the, the season um, with all that happened with the Clippers and Houston, um, all these big trades and the Bucks obviously being dominant and all that type of stuff. So to have Denver and the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals and Miami Heat and Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals, I think in itself is an indication of the type of postseason that has happened. Well, a lot of people have said, um, yeah, so basically in the West you've got um, Denver versus the Lakers and then you've got um, Celtics and the Heat on the other side in the East. But, I'm like, yeah, I don't – it's funny. Like, I, I heard somebody say we should play bubble basketball every year because it just – it does even it out. It does make it interesting in relation to AFL too. I kind of don't, don't mind that idea. Like, just to even the playing field, it all gets played in the one – plays through the whole time and it's just whoever's the best. But And everyone's stuck in the bubble. No one's able to go home. You know, it's all kind of stuck in this thing and whoever's the best ends up winning it. But, oh, it's been a ridiculous playoff series. Like, obviously, early on, they got rid of the shitty teams really quickly. It was a little bit embarrassing that extended the amount of teams out so that they could include the Pelicans, which meant that, you know, Zion played, which, you know, meant nothing. And they barely played him anyway because they, they wanted wait for next year. So that, that was a little bit embarrassing at the start. But then the standard did improve. Um, you know, a lot of the shittier teams fell away <clears throat> really quickly. And then, yeah, like the biggest upset was was the, the Clippers going out, I think it's got to be the biggest upset in the way it happened in that they were three up and three one up and then it just completely fell away and they, they lost. You know, Denver played you know, that many game sevens in a row and, 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 and took them out. Like, for those that don't follow the NBA so much, like, you know, they've got 
Kawhi at the Clippers, who's a you know a top ten definitely player. You can mount an argument top five. Um, <coughs> recruited heavily. MVP from <coughs> the championship last year with Toronto. So yeah, amazing, amazing player. And then they went and get uh, went and got sorry um, Paul George, um, who I, I I don't think is that great, but yeah, he's he's a good player still and got some role players around them and looked really hard to defend. And then all of a sudden, like they they just completely capitulated in 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 incredible Melbourne style uh, fashion. Like it was it was very Melbourne. Like they just went completely to the bin. As soon as the pressure started, and it was it was crazy to watch. Um, Utah, a little bit unlucky. Yeah, Utah could have could have gone a bit deeper. So, sorry, what do you what did you think of the, just generally Clippers like that? I mean, you know, I know it's over now, but what did you think? I was pretty pretty wild. Yeah, I was. I mean, I wasn't convinced that getting those two players that you mentioned was going to bring them ultimate success straight away either. Not because I don't think they're good players. I just it's like the Giants. You can't just expect to have a super team unless the culture has got a winning culture, and that's the difference between them and the Lakers. The Lakers are a winning franchise. Like they've got the second most championships in the history of the NBA. They know yeah. how to win, and it hasn't been that long since they last won. The Clippers, you have to be a Clippers fan to tell me when they last won a championship, if they've won one at all in franchise history. Um, so it's different when they bring in two superstars in AD and LeBron James. Yeah, they're superstars, but they've come to a club that has a winning culture. So it's a bit different in that scenario. So if you, you, I guess the Clippers probably needed to go down a path like the Golden State Warriors and build slowly. They, they probably didn't need to get those two superstars or together at once um, and have a big seal because now it could well they could collapse now the, the players are so fickle they can just go anywhere they want contracts is, mean jack shit in the NBA is Paul George a superstar I'm not I'm not convinced that he is like he's got seven got seven all-stars and I know he does three all defensive player of the year awards yeah I'd call him a superstar <laughs> Well, yeah, he bricks it when it comes to finals. So, like when it comes to when it comes to pressure at the end, he, he he's throwing bricks all over the court. So, I, I don't know. I, I I don't think he was the right. Per- when if you're Kawhi and you could have played with LeBron and gone to the Lakers, and he didn't do that, and he went to pick Paul George, like I, he's a very good player, but I'm I'm not sure he's going to take him to the promised land. Like I agree, I know all the stats. I I agree, but I I, I yeah. That felt like a mistake because if Kawhi is still on the Raptors, I reckon they're still in. They were very good. Yeah, they were they were hard to get through. Oh yeah, hindsight, he should have stayed where he was. I'm still surprised he didn't. They had a great team. Um, he was the number <laughs> one player. There wasn't a heap of pressure on him. I don't think I don't think he would have worked at the Lakers with AD and LeBron. I don't think that would have been a good mix. I don't think any of the other players would have rotated in well with those three. I think it was that's too many players of a, a elite caliber in one. Well, game. they would he wouldn't have gone for AD then. The AD thing came afterwards. So if had Kawhi gone there, that AD would have ended up somewhere else. Possibly, who knows? It, it's yeah, he wouldn't have ended up there. That was his yeah, second no, option. Uh, yeah, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron AD obviously clearly I, proven the power. I'm not saying that at all. That's not at all what I said. It's, no, I, no, no, no. <clears throat> yeah, no, no, no. I, I um, I'm just saying that. Like Kawhi made a massive mistake not going to the Lakers. Clearly, 
<clears throat> not being able to not going and play with LeBron would have been, I think, you know, a, a, a much better chance at a ring. And then now he's gone for, you know, I, he's, he's a good player, but uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure. But anyway, that's the Clippers, so they, they screwed it up. And then um, now the big story's been really, I think, I think the Heat's been one of the big stories. Denver's obviously been the big story. These two teams that, you know, <clears throat> nobody expected to see this deep. And they're both in the conference finals. It's incredible. I mean, where do we start? Well, let's do a start with the Heat. Like, the Heat's run's been amazing. Jimmy Buckley. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, I, I, I was naturally going to go um, with Denver, but we can do start Den- with, Do with Denver. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Um, yeah, well, I guess a lot for a lot of players. Oh, me, me as well. Um, I thought last season was an erasure. I thought they um, peaked really, really early for, for <laughs> the team. Um, and then showed where they were as a team come the finals and sort of went out fairly convincingly. Uh, so to be able to back that up after flirting with being a top two side in the West, having that huge um, conference semi against the Clippers to make it, like hats off to them. Like they've got a very youthful team, um, but yeah, super surprising that. Like we've just said, very surprised that it's not an all LA um, conference final or one of the LA teams for Houston. I thought there was two or three teams ahead of Denver. Um, the Jazz, like you mentioned, um, I had ahead yeah. of them, even though they, they finished lower than them um, in the seedings. I but they've got arguably the best center in the comp in uh, Europe. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, look, and they were unlucky to. to not um, win game two. Um, obviously, a freak shot by AD. Uh, that'll go down in um, the history books as uh, an all-time uh, buzzer beater in finals uh, history for sure. So, but yeah, they just play. Uh, I guess they're just very team-oriented. The, the Denver Nuggets. They've got a, a system in place that they all stick to. Um, Jamal Murray is obviously uh, elite as well, um, and they've just got lots of role players, which we've seen, again, uh, you get one or two superstars on the court that can score heavily, uh, and everyone else is a rotation and um, system-oriented player. The Raptors won last year. Gold State have built a mini-empire on the same sort of scenario. Yeah, that's it. Um, just going back to what you were saying before as well, like, yeah, I mean, Utah were... We're a little bit unlucky, but um, yeah, I think they'll, they'll be back. But Houston, I I never felt would make conference finals. Like I I they're so reliant on Harden to hit massive numbers, and it's just not going to happen every night. Like I and I I just think Westbrook's like such an up and down player. Like obviously very good player, but. At, at times, he's just lost in the wilderness. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm never confident in that small ball that we're trying to play as well. It was just very, very um, confusing, and it just didn't work for their for their style. But, <clears throat> anyway, so that's all the teams that are gone. But now into the finals that we're in situation we're in now. So we've got uh, the Heat at 2-1 up on the Celtics. The Celtics just winning the last game um, and making it, you know, slightly more even. And then I think it's Thursday, our time in Australia in the morning, is... Um, Game four for the Celtics. What what do we think of this? Like, obviously, you know, Miami's been super impressive. Um, 
really, really built, and it, so much of it's on on Butler's shoulders. But I think you know Bam's obviously been amazing as well. Like you can't can't take away from that at all. Like as much as Butler's been fantastic, Bam's been amazing as well. Like what 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 do you think about this team? Can can they go all the way? Uh, the Heat. Yeah. No, I I I can't see anyone getting past the Lakers. You um, so you still think Lakers? Sure. That's it. They, they'll they'll win. Yeah, I've thought that for a while. Like when you when I saw how well AD and, and LeBron combined, plus the rest of the team just fit in, knowing that they're the go-to. Um, I can't see either Boston or Miami beating them. Um, I've said it to you off air. I said it to a couple of friends. What every other team is lacking is they haven't got not as skilled as. Players LeBron James, a willingness to win at all costs like LeBron yeah. James. I have, I've seen two players in my life um, at his level and uh, probably well, once at a higher level, and that was Jordan, and I would say Kobe um, was uh, at another level. Every other championship team that had a, a big-time player was skillful. I don't think they necessarily wanted it more than anyone else. LeBron will, he just, you can just tell, he just wants it so desperately more than any other player in the, in the comp yeah. at the moment. So um, you could stack either, you could stack Boston and, and Miami with players from teams that are out now. Give them Kawhi Leonard and um, uh, Gortat and, and these guys. They're still not beating them because LeBron James is just a different kettle of fish for me. So, but look, it's, it's a, I'm glad the Eastern Conference final is these two teams because they're fascinating to watch against each other. It's two very interesting battles. Yeah, it's a shame that Denver didn't win that game, as you mentioned before, around the buzzer beater with AD, which was ridiculous to watch. But it's a shame that they didn't get that in a way because I think then it would have made for a much more even season with. Uh, yeah. series, sorry, with those two, whereas now I think the Lakers will sweep. Um, the more far and away, the more interesting se- um, series, unfortunately. Uh, I'd love, love Denver to, to push the Lakers, but I just I don't think it's going to happen now. I think that's going to that's gonna burn them losing that game. That was so close. Because um, game one, they didn't look like it at all. Game two, they had so many chances and, and obviously just missed out. But the far more interesting series is, is the Heat-Celtic um, series. I, I think... It does feel like the Celts um, are battered a bit from that Toronto series, um, which is why I think it's so integral to get Hayward back. Obviously, he played in Game 3. He looked better. Um, hopefully, he can play some more minutes in um, in Game 4 and add a bit more to it because they, that, that was a hard series. Um, they played a lot of games. It was, it was very intense. Um, physic- Toronto are a physical team as well. Um, yeah, that, that, that I think was a hard series, but that's far and away the more interesting thing. And, and the weird kind of curveball of that series as well is that, you know, the Heat have trailed heavily, you know, 15 points basically in both games, in game one and two, and they ended up winning them. Um, yeah, which is what we were referencing earlier with Jimmy Butler having such massive finishes. But what do you think? I mean, like, is this going to be a pathway for the rest of the series or do you think the Celtics will steady? Yeah, I'll look. The the injection of Gordon Hayward couldn't come at a better time in Game Three. Um, even though he had he played limited minutes, it's his, just his impact. Like he still scored like six points, had four assists and four rebounds 
and two block shots or something like that. But he, what he brings to both ends is offensively he spreads the defense. Yeah. You can't give him an open look because he'll, he'll drain shots all over the, uh, all over the shop. So he spreads the defense. Um, but because of um, Boston's lack of height and size in the paint, it gives versatility when um, pick and rolls are done, which every team so far has, has tried to isolate Boston's lack of size in the centre with pick and rolls uh, where they switch players. And Gordon Haywood, like Tatum and Brown, can play big and small. So it just means that if uh, Walker is on, on the court as well, which he tends to be, um, and he's probably the least defensive-minded of all the Celtics players, if they get caught out in a in a uh, pick and roll situation where there's switches on, they're less um, open to that inside threat. Oh yeah. So he, he just brings yeah a much more, he just brings more balance. But he's gonna have fresh legs. Like yeah, he hasn't played for five weeks, whatever it is. But he what he also didn't play in that seven game series against Toronto. So he's he's gonna be fresh. So it just helps on that rotation and and just rests um, gives a bit more time for. Um, Tatum and Brown um, to sit on the bench for an extra minute or two, which can make the difference down the stretch. And we saw that on Game Three, where the t- the TTs uh, the JJ sorry um, went for f- a combined fifty one points, thirty rebounds, or twenty one rebounds, and fifteen assists, or something like ridiculous. Like they just dominated. So well, he, the minutes, he, he just balances that. Out. Well, the minutes they're playing. The other thing too, it frees up that top end of the minutes too, because in the last game, Kemba Walker forty minutes, um, Tatum forty one, Jalen Brown forty, nearly forty three minutes. So basically, almost the entire game. Um, with Hayward coming in, he did end up playing thirty minutes, but um, physically being able to play a bit more uh, offensively means it would free up um, that top end as well. Do you think at times? Like, it's funny, like, they run a lot of their late offensive plays through Kemba. Should they be going to Tatum a bit, a bit more? Like, obviously, he's so young and, and, and fantastic, but do you think they should trust him with a little bit more of those closing plays? I know they tried to get the ball to him at the end of the last game um, that they lost in the game two, but do you, do you, like, I mean, Kemba's obviously, you know, is fantastic. How do you think they're, do you think they're balancing that well at the moment? Oh, yeah, I'd always stick with experience yeah. at the point down the, down the end of the like latter latter part of the game. Um, just just that knowing um, and that ability to control the dribble a bit better. Tatum, he he's been awesome. Don't get me wrong, but you still see just little flashes of that youthful exuberance, which. Sometimes you don't want at the end of a game, especially a tight match. So I'm happy with that. I, I mean, and then you got Smart. He's also very good uh, on the triple. Oh, so good. again, this, well, this, right. this is where Haywood again adds that extra dimension. I give Haywood the ball um, in those situations as well. And then you can isolate Kemba. And on the flip side, it's, it's you, you look at how the Heat of Heat have played. Um, they've isolated uh, Dragic. Um, and he's been able to go off the charts with his with his scoring up until game three, so, where <clears throat> Celtics had to put Smart on him as a lockdown, like a tagging role. So yeah, 
Oh, he's been great. Yeah, doing it first. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that uh, it's a Celtics Heat uh, Eastern Conference final. I think they match up really, really well. They make it really interesting. I think. Don't get me wrong. I think a Toronto Bucks would have been interesting, but with Giannis, I think he's that much better than everyone in the East. He would have probably made the series less entertaining as far as the closeness. I think if the Bucks had made it through with a healthy Giannis, it becomes a little bit more one-sided. Yeah, well, him being not healthy really did throw the entire conference because, you know, he's obviously yeah. so elite. And then, I'll, I mean, it's so funny with them because, you know, obviously not having to fly to Milwaukee and then all of a sudden um, it removed that home ground advantage and then obviously then he wasn't really quite healthy through it. But... Just getting back to this series, I guess, you know, obviously poor defense at times, but what do you think is the main reason the Celtics have been getting these, you know, 15, 10 to 15 point leads and then blowing them? Because to be honest, game one and game two felt like a mirror image. I didn't really feel like there were too many, you know, it felt like they were basically the same, the same game almost, which was very frustrating to watch as a Celtics fan. But like, do you think obviously, you know, at times there's been some poor defense for sure, but... Do you think there's anything really specific that um, has been the cause of these blowouts that, that just that just end up, you know, going back to the heat? Just lack of confidence, or what, what do you reckon uh, it is? Uh, oh, no, I can't really put a finger on. It. I guess it's just two two teams that um, one comes to play straight away, and the other realizes that the. I, mean, I know it sounds boring answer, but. <laughs> I don't, I don't tend to analyse a game when I'm watching it as much. Yeah. I tend to just watch it to yeah, yeah, for entertainment perspective. So, yeah, the, I mean, the Celtics have been fantastic. They've come out to play in it all three games um, from the get-go and the, and the um, Heat have had to pull out all stops to grind their way back. Um, it just, I mean, makes for a fascinating series in itself. But, yeah, I... Uh, I Who think knows what will happen in Game Four? I, I don't. I don't think we'll see it happen for the rest of this series. Which, if Boston want to go all the way, they they have to be mindful of that and not have these uh, offensive lapses in the third quarter in particular, because mm. then they could be playing catch up for the last quarter. To me, it's the grit. Like I think, as much as you know, Boston are, are an excellent team. The grit that the Heat have. The ability to grind that out is um, is very very impressive. Their ability to just you know gradually work their way back into a game. Um, they've also, I mean, they have been very good at creating confusion between who and and screening Tatum. It's been funny, like they've been really good at setting up where it would be a better option to go to Tatum, but then they defend him very late. And then force Kemba to go. And at times, obviously Kemba's been quite good, but at the same time, like they're almost forcing it to run through Kemba too much. Um, I don't know. Like it's going to be very. We need to see more of it, I think. But it's been very interesting to watch. I think, yeah, the next game should should hopefully reveal a bit more about it. But it might be a bit psychological as well. But um, all those rumors that were going around around, like you know, apparently, um, you know, with I think it was Brown or. I can't remember, but someone someone flipped a lid in the oh, Celtics smart. locker room. Yeah, the locker smart. room going off. Yeah. So, but who knows if that's actually true? But anyway, so that that's far and away the more interesting. But yeah, like I, I yeah, drag, bam, like it's yeah, the the um 
the Heat look so good. It's a great series. It, if, you, if you're not that into NBA and, like, this is kind of the first time you've heard too much more discussion about it, like, at any extent, like, definitely check out that series. It's a lot of fun to watch. And um, while it's a little bit defensive at times, like, well, they still scored over 100. Like, it's both teams. Like, it's still, you know, they've gone to multiple overtimes at times as well. Like, it's a lot of fun to watch. It's yeah. super tired and... The Nuggets Lakers series, unfortunately, I think is going to fall away pretty quick. I reckon that's. I reckon they'll win by twenty in the next one. I reckon it'll be a fair, fair win. And um, yeah, I agree. Game the next game might get a bit closer, but they'll still win. There's too much on the line, and I I agree. Like you know, the Lakers have got you know too much to lose in a way because they've got so much invested in it. So yeah, so that's a little bit of a a playoffs chatter. Um, a little bit of, bit of fun for for this week's. Uh, preview yeah exactly um yeah i hope you enjoyed it and uh, let, let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about um we kind of wanted to keep the first time as well as a bit of a you know general chat without getting kind of too dorky about it because otherwise it becomes a pretty boring conversation but uh or to listen to for people that aren't that into it but a little bit of a bonus chat um let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about other sports as well if we can have a bit of a chat in the off season as well but um, <laughs> we could do two hours on on tennis. Definitely, that's probably our other main sport that we could talk a shitload about. But at the moment, they can't get themselves together to play half, hardly any games. But uh, you'd think tennis would be one of the few sports in COVID that could actually get their shit together, given they're standing so far away from each other. But seemingly not. Like it's it's been a busted ass. Basically, it's been so poorly led. But just shows you how much of an international sport it really is. It is, and and that's a that's almost it's 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 one it's it's bigger to at be, uh, it's it's uh, still twice, it's its biggest it's asset it is <laughs> I'm gonna vomit no it's it's its biggest asset, and its biggest um, problem because uh, like there's so many bodies in tennis which is just bonkers how the you know the slams operate differently to the ATP. You know, effectively, like it's just the whole thing is just completely cooked. And yeah, too, too many cooks in the kitchen. There's a hundred cooks in the kitchen, and that that's boring. They all want to cook different cuisine. They do, yeah, and it makes it very confusing. Um, it yes. would be very funny if COVID was the turning point, though, for um, finally the youth getting through and starting to win. And that that would be funny if now a team with that confidence just comes out and just like just doesn't lose from here. That would be cool. I would like that if it just went on. Yeah, won't. Probably won't. No. <laughs> Probably not. It's so ridiculous. It is absolutely crazy. These three people have ruined, not ruined, but like run the whole sport for basically 20 years. It's going to be by the end, if not longer. It's mad. Oh, it's, it's incredibly impressive, but it, it is also absolutely ridiculous that it's still going, but... Anyway, all the best. We're getting off the off the rails. Uh, we will be back next week for a big finals preview. Um, let us know if you want to. Well, we'll do a little bit at the end of each episode to the end of the um, NBA season as a bit of a bonus thing at the end. You can switch it off if you're not interested. That's completely fine. But we enjoy it, and and we've had listeners ask us questions about it and ask us to chat a bit about it. And every time we we say we're going to do it, and we forget. So. We've been threatening to do it for over a month, so we finally got one out there. So that's our uh, awards uh, preview, I guess, as well. So, um, yeah, good luck to, to yeah, all so we'll through find, the awards. I think, I think the actual All-Australian comes out on Thursday or Friday this week, so 
we get to see how close I got. Yeah, well, we'll talk about. Let's do that at, at, with the finals preview. We can chat a bit about the All Australian and and um, well, the Brownlow won't have happened by then, but there'll be a few other things. So we'll do a bit of a catch up. So all the best. Take care. Goodbye. Enjoy the week off. Yeah, exactly. Have a break. Have a si- siesta. Bye bye. See ya.